if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I, I tried to fade it out. Did you make that yourself? Yeah, I couldn't fade it out fast enough. Impressive. You know, what you do? Uh, 2022 countdown to March Madness is here. This is the third year we're doing this in a row. Is it really? I think it is the third year. Oh, yeah, because yeah, the, the first year we got came. First year we got we got we got job big time uh, <laughs> for that. But time is now, and it's February 7th. You got about a month until the season is kind of uh, coming to a close, and you go into the conference tournaments, obviously, and then you go into uh, into the uh, tournaments, the, the the actual tournament, right? So uh, let it be known on the record that last year, I when I picked my bracket, I had Baylor beating Gonzaga. Thank you. A lot of credibility just from that alone, I would think. I'm not yeah. sure, I don't remember who you picked. Uh, you might have picked Gonzaga to win, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. Or Illinois, one of the two, I'm sure. Um, it definitely was in Illinois. I, I, had the, I had Illinois getting beat by Loyola. What are you talking about? Right, right, right. I'm sure that's true. Uh, so, you know, you kind of we we start a little bit in the AP poll today, which is really not much to cover with that. I kind of wonder. The only question I think there is with the AP poll right now is should Gonzaga be number one? Like it doesn't matter, but I right in a straight up matchup, I think Gonzaga beats them uh, at this point. Al- Auburn, that is, but I don't think there's many questions in the AP uh, poll at this point, unless you have some. I mean, I I'm not going to argue with any of it. Um, I don't. I think Purdue still has some proving to do to be number three, but um, you know, well, I guess they have a big game this week. Um, other than that, I three big games or at least two. I'm, I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to uh, get my ad blocker off so I can actually see it. Um, well, let me just tell you this. Uh, <laughs> I think Arizona is a better team than Purdue right now. But I also think that with the AP poll, it's obviously based off of what have you done lately wins and losses, which that's why it doesn't matter that much. Like you right. can't convince me that uh, 
there's certain teams that are ranked higher than others that are better than others. Like, for example, do we really think that at the end of the day, a team like Texas is worse than Marquette? Probably not. And that's a shock, a smart thing that I just did right there. But I think Texas is better than Marquette. And it just, it doesn't matter. Like Murray State getting respect to 23, I think is great. Uh, they're back on the map since John Morant left a few years ago. They're back. Um, but other than that, it doesn't matter. And that's a, that's the biggest thing about the AP poll, right? It It's, it's very reactive um, where, you know, some guys, some guys just do, I, you know, I want to say eye test, but who they think's the best, uh, regardless of how they're playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is what have you done? Um, I mean, if you look at it that way, UCLA probably shouldn't even be ranked. I mean, they lost to a miserable Arizona state team. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I, I mean, yeah, sure. They dropped nine spots, but I mean, come on, Arizona state. Yeah. I mean, it, it's bad. No doubt. Um <laughs> UCLA, I think, do you think people still think about what they did last year or what they did early in the season? Uh, I think that's probably taken into account. They beat Villanova early. They did beat Arizona. So I think maybe yeah, – I think if you start – like a month and a half off, right? Yeah, if you start in the top five or the top ten, you're going to have to be pretty bad to, to fall completely to the True. bottom or out. And uh, Alabama has dropped a lot. We've yeah. seen a team like Illinois drop out and then get back in which I think is kind of what they do every season at this point, at least the last few seasons. Right. Uh, but the AP poll just doesn't matter. And uh, it's simple because if you look at the net rankings, which I think they matter, obviously they matter more than the AP poll and they're more accurate than the AP poll, but I don't think that the, the end all be all. Uh, and a perfect example of that is Auburn is seventh in the net rankings. And I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, their wins, they have a lot of good wins, but they're not like super quality. Like there's other right. teams that have had bigger wins. You look at, uh, and they probably should have, I mean, they should have lost to Georgia. I mean, maybe lost to Georgia. I don't Missouri, know. They only beat by, uh, by one. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then again, I mean, Gonzaga's being, I, I, I swear we had this conversation last year. Gonzaga's going to be a conversation of Gonzaga's. Gonzaga's beating teams by 30, but they're, I mean, but some of those teams might have been able to beat Missouri and Georgia. So, I mean, the, is the competition that far off considering the, thing, the teams? The thing with Gonzaga, and it was the same thing last year, is they're killing everybody. Like, Santa Clara is a pretty good West Coast Conference team. Like, Santa Clara is a much better team than the bottom feeders in the SEC right now. And I think that's a fact. Like, Missouri's terrible. Georgia's terrible. Santa Clara is a better team. They beat Santa Clara by 37 and scored 115 points. And BYU, people think they're good. I mean, they've had some stumbles. They lost to Pacific somehow. But they killed BYU twice. They scored 200 points in two games against BYU. Hmm. I mean, normal teams don't do that. Then their losses – they lost to Duke by three, and Alabama was one of those games where that's how Alabama gets it done, is just shooting the ball well. And Alabama hasn't done that most of the season. They showed up and did that against Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, I mean, BYU is really not as good as – Early season, thought, they're right? much better. They've kind of – I mean, they killed Oregon, but that was when Oregon was in a really bad spot. I don't yeah. think that BYU is the – San Francisco beat them by 14. San Francisco's good. Um, I think BYU San Francisco, was at home, though. Pacific beat them. That's what I say. Yeah, Pacific. I mean, really Santa Clara. Way. Yeah, you can't say BYU's good. I don't care. Good job, Gonzaga. Way to beat them by 30. <clears throat> I mean, 
is it normal for okay BYU is number uh, still number forty five on Ken Palm. They've lost four in a row. They're still number forty five, hmm. and they're thirty second defensively. So no matter what, BYU thirty second defensively, scoring two hundred points in two games against them is still somewhat of a big deal to me. I mean, yeah, I'm Gonzaga's good. There's and no I, don't doubt wanna, about I don't even want to talk about Gonzaga because and, it's and like the, we know they're good. Let's see them do it in March. Yeah, and that's I mean, Chet Holmgren is a guy that now that he's got his college legs, I'd say, um, is going to be a, a guy that's going to be tough to beat. Um, when he's banging with bigger guys, I mean, we'll see if you know, he runs into a Sheboy or a Kofi or. Well, I would think that they're going like to do everything that they can to have Drew Timmy guard those guys. Yeah, well, over I, Chet. Good luck. Chet's going to get folded in half if he tries <laughs> to guard one of those guys. Uh, all right, let's do some stuff from last week. UCLA losing to Arizona and Arizona State. Uh, I think people forget how close. And even though this was a less, it wasn't a year ago, but people forget how close UCLA was to the national championship last year. And this is the same team, pretty much. I mean, you look at the pieces on this team; they're very similar. The core is similar. Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez, Jules Bernard. It's the same team. And yeah, but, I mean, I and I'll, I'll say this, and it might piss some people off, but Johnny Juzang played out of his mind in yep. the tournament last year. If you watched him in that Arizona State game, he was awful. Yep. He tried to do too much, tried to get to the basket, couldn't make shots, couldn't make fadeaways, and he was making all of those last year in the tournament. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Johnny Davis. If Johnny Davis doesn't, you know, do things, Wisconsin's going to lose games, right? Uh, they, they don't have – they have Wall and Davison too, but it, it's one of those things where <clears throat> they they seem sh- streaky. So Yeah, I don't think it's the same, though. I think UCLA's roster is much better than Wisconsin. Yeah, like Jaime Hawkins is a very solid player. Jaime Hawkins is a lot like Tyler Wall, except I think he's better, mm-hmm. uh, at least down the stretch in a tournament. I would trust him more. And Tiger Campbell's a very solid point guard. He's kind of maybe what Chucky Hepburn could turn into for Wisconsin in a few years. But then I think that the the addition of Miles Johnson down there with with Cody Riley, I think, is a big deal. I don't think Miles Johnson plays enough. Yeah, I feel like his minutes have kind of been a little bit up and down. Early in the season, he was playing a lot more. He played 36 minutes against Villanova, yeah. uh, and it's kind of been up and down. I, since I, when they started, I think it was the, the third overtime, I think, when they, they started. It might have been the second. I mean, they went to Johnson immediately, made an easy bucket, and then never he never touched the ball again. He might have went to the bench after that. He I played 17 minutes. Was he in foul trouble? How many fouls did he have? Uh, he had – Zero fouls. Okay. So <laughs> I don't seven, 17 minutes out of uh, whatever math that would be uh, to get to three overtimes. 55. And, I mean, minutes. he's a, he's a big dude and, yeah. and he's played against other big dudes. So he knows how to pound. So, but yep. Uh, so we'll wrap up UCLA. I mean, concern level one to 10 in terms of their seating and Pac 12 tournament concern level. How seven. Concerned? Seven. Right. I would go like five. Okay. I still think the Pac-12 at the top is gettable. I mean, Arizona, I think, is the best. I think Oregon is only getting better as they do every season. 
USC is interesting. Uh, they've had some really bad. I mean, they lost to Stanford twice. That's a bit of an issue, I would think. Yeah. Uh, they hung around with Arizona. They did lose to Oregon. Uh, but U- USC, pretty simple. They don't have Evan Mobley. I think that's a big deal. I mean, Isaiah Mobley's good, but he's not as good as his brother. That's definitely not Evan, yeah. So we'll see what happens in the Pac-12. Uh, elsewhere, Kansas answers the bell after getting blown out by Kentucky at home the week before. They just took Baylor apart. We haven't seen Baylor get beaten like that in a long time. Yeah, that was impressive. Um, start to finish. I mean, the first 10 minutes of the game, it was 25 to 10. Right. And uh, pretty efficient. They shot 64% from two-point range. Not good from three, but when you are 27 or 42 from inside the three-point line, that's pretty significant. I mean, they didn't it – was, it was pretty balanced scoring. I mean, 18 from Christian Brown, 18 from Agbaji, uh, 15 from Jalen Wilson. McCormick had nine. So it's a good it's, – it's a lot of players that have been there. And they also have some good transfers. If Remy Martin actually gets going at, at any point for them, that makes them more dangerous. Uh, obviously, we saw what Joe Yesifu could do when he was uh, at Drake last year. Uh, so Kansas is good. Are they the best team in the Big 12 at this point? I mean, the Big 12 is the best conference, I think. Uh, I don't know if they're the best team. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. I mean, they've been flirting with losing for a long time before they lost to Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I would say they are. I, I think they're the best offensive team, and I think defensively they're right there with with a tier of teams probably after – Baylor, Texas Tech, Iowa State, I think after them, that's kind of where Kansas slots in defensively. So I think overall they're probably – I mean, they have the best player in the conference. So I feel like that's a, a pretty big deal Yeah. Um, with Agbaji, who was in the intro clip, by the way. So shout out to him. But uh, they got Texas tonight, so we'll see. I mean – Yeah, see if uh... – they can back it up. That's a, that's the thing is is do they have a letdown game after stomping all over Baylor? So the stretch of early January to late January for Kansas, they beat Iowa State by one. They destroyed West Virginia, which pretty much everybody's doing. They beat Oklahoma by three. They beat Kansas State by three. They beat Texas Tech by three in double overtime. Then they got destroyed by Kentucky. Then they come back, beat Iowa State and Baylor. So we'll see a road game for them tonight at Texas. That'll be a part of the games to watch later. Uh, Let's see. Kentucky continues to roll. They beat Vanderbilt in Alabama. I feel like the concern level for Alabama is starting to get a little bit higher now. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to make of this team. Yeah, Alabama is. uh, They're in a tough place. I mean, they're sitting at eighth in the SEC. I, They're four and six. I mean, that is not good enough with that roster. Yeah. I, I, do they make the tournament is the is the question. I don't. I mean, if you look at their resume, uh, their wins are going to help them. Gonzaga, Houston, Tennessee, LSU, yeah. Baylor. So what do you think? I mean, a 500 SEC team should get in, right? I mean, I mean it's so, been the, so they got work season. to do. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Missouri and Georgia. Like, that is just absurd that that team would lose to them. Uh, But they're a team that if they get in the tournament, people will probably overlook them because of how they've played in the regular season. Mm -hmm. But look at that lineup. I don't really think that any team – there's very many teams that are going to be able to throw out the seven or eight guys they can throw out. Like Javon Quinterly, we know he's a stud. Jaden Shackelford, we know he's a stud. 
J.D. Davison, big-time freshman coming in. Uh, Noah Gurley, who was a very good player at Furman last year. Keon Ellis is a veteran. Betty Yako is a seven-foot freshman. So they have a team that can get to the second weekend, but you just don't trust them at all. Yeah, they, they seem to play, like, super out of control. They play um, really fast. Yeah, and that leads to being out of control. So, yeah, I I, that is- but that's that's kind of what the SEC, you know, it's like the Pac-12. It was a bunch of, like, the Pac-12 had a ton of athletes, and that's why they got far, um, all those teams. And the SEC is kind of turning into that, too, where it's just, you know, you get athletes, and, you know, that's a, you look at Arizona State, I mean, that's what all they are, are just really good athletes that can kind of play basketball. And, and Arizona State's given a lot of teams scares. Um, but, uh, yeah, Alabama's – they got they to figure it out. I, I, I just don't see – I'd be shocked if they don't get in. I, I would be too. Um, They're 24th in the net. They have too many great wins. I don't know what their schedule the rest of the way looks like, but um, – well, it's not going to be easy with the conference, but well, I mean, it's but it, maybe they played more of the bottom of the. It looks like they play. Uh, I mean, they lost to Missouri and Georgia. Really, they played Mississippi, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Texas A and M, and LSU. So yeah, they got at least four wins in there. Yeah, they which go, gets them to eight. They the go conference. eight and ten. So I mean, there's they have six quad one wins. That's going to really help them. But then they have two quad three losses, which I still think that six Q1 wins is going to override the, especially when they've beaten a team that's going to be a one seed with Gonzaga and they beat Houston, who's going to be probably a two seed. Do you think they take into account those early season games? So don't you think they take into account how you've, how you play, you know, progress mid season and then, and then how you're rolling from there on out? They do, but it still matters. Like they wouldn't play those it doesn't games. Matter. If they didn't matter. It doesn't right? matter. They beat Gonzaga and Houston. Doesn't I mean, matter. That's gonna matter. I think in Baylor, they beat Baylor uh, a week ago, so that matters. So that's something to think about. I don't yeah, know. And then Baylor got stomped. Maybe Baylor's not gonna get in. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, now we're going off the rails. Uh, all right, North Carolina, not a tournament team to me at all. I think they'll probably get in, but this team. Does everything but scream tournament. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact the ACC is a joke. They're 0-7 in quad one games. And I don't want to talk too much about all the quads, you know, in the first episode here. But, my God, North Carolina is so unimpressive. I mean, just so – Duke took them apart. Uh, they North Carolina had won four straight going into that. But it's Virginia Tech who's completely underperformed. Boston College is atrocious. NC State's bad. Louisville is a disaster. Who 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 are their wins that you point to? Michigan they beat by twenty one. Michigan's not as good as they were supposed to be. Uh, Furman's a good SoCon team, but this is North Carolina, so I don't know. I don't think they're a tournament team. Yeah, I I mean you look at it, and every time they've played a good team, they've lost by twenty. So yeah, I, I mean they hung with Purdue, which made me think maybe there was some hope here, but they lost yeah. to Miami by twenty eight. Lost to Notre Dame. You can't Dame say Purdue five. wasn't shaky early, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, Purdue was controlling their, controlling that entire game. Won't they lose their first three, three of their first four Big Ten games or something? So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're a tournament team, but things could change. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, they're another chance against Duke. Clemson would be a decent win on the road. Uh, it depends on how many you know ACC teams you 
you think get in, you know, uh, how yeah, I mean, many, how many bids does the ACC get this year where they usually have what? Seven, eight. Yeah. They're going to get like four just yeah. because of their, like, I don't even think they deserve four. The gap between Duke and everybody else in this conference, I don't think has ever been bigger at this point because yeah. just, it's so atrocious. Cause after Duke, Duke's number 10 in the net. And then you find the next team, you got to go pretty far down and you go to Wake Forest at 38. So that's a pretty big gap for a power, so-called power conference, which really isn't that this year. Uh, Let's see. Auburn, like we said earlier, struggled to beat Georgia four days after scoring 100 against Alabama. We'll talk more about Auburn later. Uh, Here's a fun stat, fun stat alert. There are seven Top 60 adjusted defensive efficiency teams in the Big East. Five teams over 500 in the conference. So I I would think that that would tell you that the Big East is a conference of defense, right? Uh, I mean, you look at the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the conference, all quality defensive clubs. Mm -hmm. Now, none of them are actually top 20 in the metric, but they're all hovering around that. Villanova, Marquette, uh, Seton Hall, top 30. And I think the thing that sets Villanova apart from the rest is their offense. Fourth offense per Ken Palm. I think that's what makes them the best. Do you think Villanova is the best team in the Big East right now? Because some people would say Providence because of their record, but I don't buy that. Yeah, um, I mean, <clears throat> I was I was on the Villanova train start the season. I, I jumped off of it. I feel kind of like Andy Katz. Yep. Um, but I'm back on it. I I, I I believe Villanova is is good. Um, you talk about their depth a lot and uh, lack of depth. How, yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Lack of depth and how that might hurt them. Um, and then, and I think maybe come tournament time it might hurt them. Um, but right now, yeah, I'd say they're they're the best. Um, I I don't think Providence's schedule's been that that hard. Right I'm going to go in on Providence a little bit later. Of okay. What, what they are. Uh, the Mountain West might be the best non-power conference to watch. Like, it, the West Coast Conference is kind of a conference that I was looking forward to this season to watching late at night, but the Mountain West is unbelievable. I mean, Colorado State, David Roddy's a stud. Boise State, San Diego State, Wyoming is incredible to watch. Fresno State, Utah State. And the surprising thing for me, I thought Nevada was going to be good. And then I learned quickly that you should never trust Steve Alford to to coach. <laughs> so I can't believe Nevada is as bad as they are, but they are. And the Mountain West is just unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 can't a conference that I should get like I haven't four watched any Mountain West basketball yet. So it is a four bid worthy conference, I believe. Um, the number one defense in the country is San Diego State right now. Number seven is Boise State. And then you want to go offensively? Wyoming's a top twenty offense. Colorado State's a top twenty five offense. Uh, they have a lot of great players, and it's a conference that I think deserves multiple bids. I mean, what are you watching that on ESPN? Plus well, CBS Sports Network will throw some on. Last night you had uh, who the hell was playing last night? Wyoming and Fresno State was on there last night. Uh, good game. I mean, top forty in the net. They got multiple teams. Wyoming's thirtieth. Um, Boise State's thirty fourth. Colorado State's fortieth. Utah State's forty third. San Diego State 54th, but the thing with San Diego State is you can look at the number 54 net ranking and then say, okay, they had the best defense in the country. Uh, Fresno State 56. So this is a a four-bid. This conference right now is deserving of more bids than the ACC. Now, will they get that? Probably not, but they should. 
I, maybe the quality of teams isn't the exact same, which it's not obviously because of Duke, but what a joke for the committee if they don't give the Mountain West multiple bids. And I think they will, but we'll see. Maybe they're stupid. I don't know. They probably are. <laughs> All those old dudes who don't really watch the games until March. Well, and it should be interesting with you know with the ACC maybe not getting as many as many. Um, the West Coast but, Conference will figure in too. Yeah, that's what. Who who are they going to steal those bids from? Because everybody's. I think everybody at the beginning of the season was talking about how the West Coast Conference could get four bids. I think they could get three max. <clears throat> three max. Um. Yeah, but. St. Mary's but, and San Francisco would be the, the other two. But you got to think the Big Ten's probably not going to get as many as it usually does. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that still be sorted out in the Big Ten, though. I think Rutgers could make a push. I think uh, other teams that I can't think of off the top of my head could make a push. You know, Michigan. Yeah, I know you're still yeah. about Michigan having a chance. Uh, I mean, they do. After that, I don't – I mean, I, Iowa I don't think is that good. Um, no, I was not good at all. Actually. And then after after that, it's it's all bad. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, finally, the Atlantic Ten, probably the conference that makes the least amount of sense this season, and a conference where I think the best conference tournament in the country this year will be the Atlantic Ten tournament because at the beginning of the season, the consensus team was St. Bonaventure. They're going right. to be good. All five starters returning. Quickly, they learned that they're not as good as Villanova, and they're not, they don't have the depth. Like, they're similar to Villanova in the fact they have about six or seven guys, but they're not as good as Villanova. So that's a problem. But Davidson's been great, number seven offense in the country. Uh, St. Louis is coming around, a team that I always talk up every single season. And I know they lost, uh, what's his name, due to injury before the season even started, whose name I can't think of for some reason, uh, Javante Perkins maybe, I don't even know. Uh, Dayton's solid. VCU's a very good defensive team, but a horrible offensive team. Like VCU's 310th right now in offensive efficiency, which is unbelievable. Uh, Richmond's solid. George Mason in Kim English's first season has been pretty good. But this conference tournament is going to be very, very unpredictable. I hope Davidson wins, though, because they're the best tournament level. Like they watchability matters in the tournament, and Davidson is far more watchable than any other teams. And you think uh, that if Davidson doesn't win the tournament, they're, they wouldn't get in? I think they probably would be right there. I mean, yeah. their losses, San Francisco, pretty good loss, uh, considering their, San Francisco is actually top 30 on Ken Palm. VCU, that's not a horrible loss. New Mexico State, also not a horrible loss. Then you go to wins, they beat Alabama, which you said that doesn't matter in December, but I feel like for a team like – doesn't. For a team like Davidson, it would matter, uh, considering Davidson is not a power conference team. Um, but I don't before know. December 10th, it doesn't matter. Well, it was December 21st. Okay, then it matters. Don't you think it matters before <laughs> December 10th for a non power conference team if they beat the power conference team? Yeah, That's good. sure. Like they have to be good. It can't be Georgia, you know? Yeah, I'll give that to you. Thank you. Um, all right. Surprising and disappointing teams. Uh, one from each power conference, and we start in the ACC. You want me to go first? Yes, I do. Uh, my surprising team in the ACC is uh, Wake Forest, who's currently third at nine and four in the conference. My disappointing team, and uh, you know, I went there for a whole semester, uh, so I'm pretty much an alumni. Uh, what is Florida State doing right now? Six and six. 
Seventh in the ACC. Not going to make the tournament, probably. Unless, we can't really say that. Unless they, they get, the unless they get it going. They got a good roster, just not uh, yeah. coming around. Yeah, just, and I thought that they might be can't back. figure it out. And it seems like they usually start figuring it out, but I don't know if they're going to this year. They had a stretch in January where they beat Miami twice and beat Duke. And since then, they've lost to yeah. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Wake Forest. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I don't know what to make of that team. Uh, but this is Leonard Hamilton's uh, worst team in a while, no doubt. Uh, for me, I feel like Wake Forest is the obvious pick here. Right. But I'm going to go Miami, uh, 16 and 7, 8 and 4 in the conference. This is not a team I looked at as being very good going into the season. Like they have a couple good players. You look at McGusty and Wong and what they've done. They beat Duke. Uh, Charlie Moore is playing his 40th season of college basketball. Uh, they're 22nd in adjusted offensive efficiency on Ken Palm, which is good. And the big thing is they were 4 and 15 in the ACC last year. So they've already doubled their win total in uh, by February. So that's something to think about. Uh, disappointing, I'm going to go Virginia Tech, a team that I really like going into the season. 13-10 and 10 overall, 5-7 and seven in the ACC. They lost to NC State and Boston College. This is a starting five that should be so much better than what they are. Like they made the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. They bring in uh, Storm Murphy. And Hunter Couture is still there. So that right there should be two great shooters in the perimeter. Aluma is still there. Justin Butts is still there. Please explain to me how the hell this team is not better. Like they are a team that should be seven and five, eight and four in the conference. Makes no sense to me. They have the number 19 overall offense, 113 defense. It's just they shoot the three well. So the Couture and Murphy thing is working. They're second in the country in three point percentage, but. They're five and seven in the worst conference, not the worst conference in the country, but the worst power six conference in the country. So it just it makes no sense to me. I don't I don't get it. I really thought Virginia Tech would be better, but uh, I guess the whole Mike Young Redenbacher thing that Rothstein does is not working out too well this season. <laughs> is what it is, I guess. Uh, Big Ten. Uh, uh, Big Ten. I'm gonna go. Uh, I think pretty obvious. Uh, the surprising would be Wisconsin, uh, who's currently second, tied for second in the Big Ten right now at 9-3. and three. Um, I don't think anybody expected Johnny Davis to have the big jump he did. Um, can he consistently do that day in and day out? I don't know. Not against um, teams that have guards that can actually guard the perimeter. Yeah, and will Wisconsin falter? I don't know. Um, they, they don't well, have – Greg the- Gard wasn't an idiot and gave the ball <laughs> to Tyler Walmore. I think they'd be better. Yeah. And uh, they, they, you know, I think they were predicted to be like eighth or ninth in the Big Ten um, preseason. Yep. So uh, pretty, pretty impressive what they're doing. Um, they have one of the easier schedules down the stretch uh, in the Big Ten. So uh, depending on what happens in that Illinois Purdue game, they they still have a shot to to win the Big Ten. Uh, <laughs> m- maybe tie, but probably not outright. Um, I see them losing a couple. They probably shouldn't. Um, they, they've had some scares already. Um, and then my disappointment is Michigan. I think that that one's pretty clear too. Uh, five and five in the big 10 right now. Uh, Ethan thinks that they're going to put something together, but yet they keep losing. Um, but Dickinson is really good. Um, it's just, they don't have the guards they did last year. Um, at least not the guards haven't developed yet. Um, I saw somebody say they don't have the ready to play guards 
like they did last year. Which is a problem considering that Devontae Jones is a senior who came over right. from Coastal Carolina. And I would have thought if you had to ask me like two years ago this question, who would be better in the Big Ten of Michigan, Mike Smith or Devontae Jones? I would say Devontae Jones 10 times out of 10. Like yeah. on paper, he should be so much better for them than he is. But Mike Smith is a really good fit last year, and it has not worked this year. And the freshmen have not been good. Yep. Caleb Houston specifically, he has <laughs> had a rough go. Uh, and and but, he reclassed, right? So he should technically be a senior in high school right now. I think so. I'm not. Yeah, yeah he's born in 03. So yeah, yeah. I would think so. Uh, but I just, I mean, Eli Brooks is still there, but after out after Dickinson, it's pretty dark. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's yeah, pretty Dickinson Dickinson put up what twenty eight against Purdue the other night, and yep. they didn't have a guard score in double digits. So yeah, that's a problem. Uh, I'm I'm going with Wisconsin. I feel like everything you said about them is right. They're eighteen and four overall, nine and three in the Big Ten, number one turnover percentage on offense, so they take care of the ball. Uh, and their four losses are fine. I mean, they probably should have lost to Penn State or Penn State should have had a little bit more competence on offense yeah. late in that game the other night. But Penn State, uh, mind you, walked off the bus an hour before that game started. Yeah, And, you know, and they were cold, scoring 13 points in the first half. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, pretty bad. Uh, but their four losses, Providence, Ohio State, Michigan State, Illinois, those are four fine losses, so nothing bad uh, loss-wise. I mean, non-conference, they did. I know it doesn't matter since it's before December 10th. They did obliterate Marquette. That's right. And that's that's a fact. Uh, so my disappointing team is obviously Michigan is the pick here, but I had to go somewhere else. Maryland. I'm, I'm going to go with Northwestern. Okay. Uh, based off of Rothstein's, you know, thinking that they're yeah. going to make the tournament. I thought so you were going to go off of how, you, how good you thought Maryland was going to be. Well, I backed off Maryland late, so I kind of saved okay. myself there, right. if, we're, if we're being honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, Four and eight in the Big Ten. You should really never trust Chris Collins. I think that I think that Rostin learned his lesson with this one. Uh, <laughs> they have a solid roster, top fifty offense, and just they're not good. I, I think they should, at the very least, this should be a bubble team, and they're not, not even close. Yeah. So, Northwestern disappointing. They've just uh, Boo Boo. He's a joke in big games. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Pete Nance is really their only threat for the most part. If you can guard the perimeter, you'll be fine against them. They play hard. They play teams close. They beat Michigan State. Other than that, it's been a big fat nothing for Chris Collins, and maybe he (laughs) should uh, get fired, to be honest. Uh, Anyway, uh, Big 12, best conference in the the sport. Uh, Big 12, I'm going to go surprising. I mean, I know Texas Tech had a lot of guys back. Um, O'Banner, who who was phenomenal in the tournament last year also. Um, Roberts? Uh-huh. O'Banner at Oral Roberts in the yeah. tournament. Very, very dynamic. Yes. Um, so they so I, I thought, you know, losing Chris Beard, uh, you know, Mark Adams comes in, he he does things uh to keep them going. Um Texas comes in and they, they that was one of the coolest atmospheres I've seen all year. Um so I, I I mean I know Texas Tech was supposed to be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. Uh you know, seven and three, eighteen and five overall. Um, my disappointment is going to be Oklahoma. Uh, Porter Moser should have stayed home. Um, Oklahoma is currently three and seven in the Big Twelve, uh, thirteen and ten overall, and they just uh, aren't that good. So, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> uh, I feel like Texas Tech's the obvious pick here. I, 
I thought Mark Adams was a good hire considering the system that they run and his fit there defensively is good. Uh, they're number two in adjusted defense on Ken Palm, which when I say defensive efficiency or adjusted defense or defense, it's all the same thing for clarification for the for the uh, folks who may not be as quote unquote savvy as me when it comes to this, which I'm not. But um, last time they were top two was when they were number one in 2019 and they went to the national championship and lost to Virginia. Now, do they have a Jarrett Culver on this team? Probably not. But do they have a pretty good roster with guys who have played in the tournament? Yes. O'Banner is a big part of that. Uh, great addition there, I think. Uh, efficient player. Uh, hasn't been as good from three this year as he was last season, but also I think the defenses in the Big 12 are probably a little bit better than the defenses in the Summit League. Um, so he was 45% from three last year, 32% this year. So something to think about there. Uh, but other than that, just a very lengthy, physical – like you look at the five guys that play the most minutes for them, 6'5", 6'6", 6'6", 6'8", 6'8". And other guys that play the most minutes for them, 6'7", 6'6". You want to go even further, 6'3", 6'3", 6'11", 6'7". Those are the guys further? that play the minutes for them. And if you want to go even further, guys that don't play at all, pretty <laughs> much who are quote-unquote binge warmers, 6'6", 6'6". Every single player on the roster is 6'3 or above. And there's only two guys that are 6'3, so after that it's 6'5 or above. Lengthy team means you play good defense for the most part. Athletically speaking, yes. And uh, they've just been a force. I mean, their losses, you can't really complain about any of their losses. Providence, Gonzaga, Iowa State, Kansas. Now, Kansas State, not a great loss. It was an away game. Kansas almost lost to them, too. But uh, Texas Tech's the obvious pick for surprising team in the Big 12. Uh, disappointing, I didn't have that big of expectations with Oklahoma considering what they lost. Devion Harmon uh, and Brady Manick, a.k.a. Larry Bird, a.k.a. Bill Walton. So I, I think that West Virginia is a team to look at. I know they lost Deuce McBride. I know the roster this year is not as good as it was last year, but you look at their lineup, Malik Curry, Taz Sherman, Jalen Bridges, Kedrian Johnson, Sean McNeil. That's a team that should not be 2-7 and seven in the Big 12. They've lost seven straight. Still a good defensive team, which is always the case for Huggins for the most part. It's been ugly. I mean, this was a 13-2 and two team on January 11th. They're now 13-9. and nine. So it's a problem. And they've lost to good teams. Like, every team they've played has been top 50 on the uh, metrics and such. Uh, but I just don't understand how this team could be this bad. They beat UConn and UAB in non-conference play. They should be better than this, and it's a problem. I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. I guess they could be a team that goes crazy and wins a bunch more games and still finishes like nine nine or ten wins in the Big 12, which is going to be hard to get because they pretty much have like ten games left. But they're not that hard. I mean, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, Oklahoma, TCU again. Winnable games coming up, but they've just been horrible. Um, all right. Offensive rebounding, by the way, they're 350th in their percentage. That's just terrible for a Big 12 team. Uh, Big East. Uh, Big East, uh, I think clearly uh, Providence is a big surprise right now. Uh, I know we talked about it before. They haven't had that tough a schedule, but still they're 10-1. and one. They're leading um, the Big East right now, 20-2 uh, and two over the season. They've had some good wins. Uh, they beat Purdue uh, in a preseason scrimmage, uh, if you guys didn't know. 
uh, that's what they did. Uh, guy yeah. had a guy had ten fouls and still got to play. Um, and I switched <laughs> <it>. <laughs> switched up my disappointment. Uh, I picked Butler for some reason. They sucked last year. I don't know why I picked them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to change it up to Creighton. Uh, Creighton five and five right now in the Big East. Uh, I think they were supposed to be better, and uh, they're not better. So yeah, I I uh, I tried not to pick a team that lost their best player, but um, Creighton early in the season looked like they were going to be good. And uh, they've just been complete up and down five and five now. So um, they Ever lost since Ty Ty left. They didn't know what they to lost do. to Xavier twice and Butler. That's pretty. And they lost to Arizona state pretty ugly. Um, but for surprising, I had to go Marquette. I mean, nobody thought Marquette would be as good as they are and like be yeah. as competitive and, like the teams they've beaten, it's just it's very impressive what Shock has done there in year one. Uh, Sixteen and seven overall, they are eight and four in the Big East. Uh, fast-paced team, they play very fast, and then the leadership of Daryl Morsell was a huge get. And they're a team with tons of length. I think they're a team that can get to the Sweet Sixteen with good matchups. I mean, you want to talk about the length of Texas Tech? I mean. Marquette has it too. Kolek 6'3", Lewis 6'7", Morcel 6'5", uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper 6'8", Kirk Quath 6'10". So they're just a, a fast-paced team. When they beat Illinois in November, I didn't think that they would end up being a very good team, but they've kind of lived up to it. I mean, they've just mauled teams in the Big East. I mean, they started 0-3 in the Big East, and they're math-wise 8-1 and since then with the loss to Providence by 2 so I didn't want to go with Providence just because I thought Providence would be solid, but I thought that I thought Marquette was going to be bottom four, bottom three in this conference, and they're not. So props to Shaka. Uh, disappointing. I mean, I know that they're still in the mix, and they're still a team that could surprise people down the stretch. St. John's, 13-9, and 5-6 and six in the conference. they got to get better defensively. Like, their defense is not good enough for this conference. But they just play so fast. They're another one of those teams that when you play that fast, you tend to get out of control. We've seen teams like Michigan State have that issue. We've seen other teams of tournament level capability have that issue. Uh, but this is a team with Julian Champagny and Posh Alexander. Those two right there. You got to make the tournament with those two guys in your team. They're both very good. Montez Mathis transfer from Rutgers. This is a team that has a good enough roster and a good enough group of a mix of talent that should be in the tournament. So St. John's has got to be better down the stretch. Uh, they started five and six in the conference last year, went five and three after that, finished 10 and nine, lost in the first round of the Big East tournament to uh, to Seton Hall. So we'll see if St. John's gets better down the stretch. They better, or I'm going to be disappointed even more than I already am. So Pac-12. Well, uh, Pac-12, uh, my surprise uh... – even though I don't even know if it should be a surprise, but because they got, you know, Tommy Lloyd first year there, Arizona off to a 9-1 start in the Pac-12. Um, I believe they've only lost two games this year. Yep. Uh, pretty impressive considering uh, the, you know, crap that Sean Miller left hanging for him. Um, he He's done it. Amazing job. Uh, my disappointment is going to be team I talked about a little bit earlier, Arizona State. Um, Bobby Hurley, you know, he he got some some five star recruits, um, had some big transfers come in, 
and he's literally done nothing. I, I don't know if he's just that bad a coach or um, the team just isn't as good as, as they look on paper because I think they shoot like 23% from three or something like that. So um, I'm going to go with Arizona State. They're, they're struggling. They've been, they've been in some games, and they finally pulled one off against UCLA, even though it, 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 they probably shouldn't have because they chucked up 35-foot shots to try to beat UCLA. But, hey, it is what it is. So I went with Arizona as the most surprising. I mean, I thought they'd be good, maybe seven and three, six and four at this point. They're nine and one in the conference. Uh, they had some rocky games of shooting the ball. UCLA was an example of that. They lost that game, but they're just fast. They're good on both ends. They have a lottery pick. They have quality players from Europe that are very fundamentally sound and skilled. Tubelis, Krisa. So I mean, I still think that they kind of go as far as Krisa takes them. Because, you know, he's running the point, and he's been very inconsistent. And games that he's played bad in, they've played bad in. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see down the stretch. Uh, he, he had, like, a stretch where he made, like, one out of 33s or something. So, right. that could be a problem. Uh, disappointing. I think Arizona State's a good pick. I don't think it's fair to say that Bobby Hurley has done nothing. Because look at the situation there. They had to cancel stuff because they didn't have running water in their arena. That entire uh, university is a, is a joke in college basketball right now. And also – Bobby Hurley's an idiot for staying there. So he, he gets punished for his loyalty. You know, it's unfortunate for Bobby. I'm a big fan, but he Fair should enough. get out of there as soon as possible. Uh, but I do think that the Hurley brothers are probably a little overrated in the coaching game right now. Like, I think they have much worse records than their talent would suggest, but different situations, I suppose. Uh, I know Oregon State lost Ethan Thompson. They're not as good, but they're one and nine in the conference, three and 17 overall. They're just horrendous. I'm not saying they should be a tournament team. But I'm saying they should not be three and seventeen overall. Right. They just got to the Elite Eight. I don't care who you are. They have some <laughs> returning players. Alatiche is still there. Lucas is still there. Silva's still there. Kalu is still there. That's four <laughs> guys that play the majority of their minutes that were there last year. So sometimes you ride hot though. I mean Yeah, but And they were riding about three as and seventeen. They lost to Samford and Princeton. Not Stanford, Samford. <laughs> uh, UC Davis beat them. It's just a disastrous season. And last season they really weren't that great. But they I was gonna uh, say what was the record last season? Uh, it was fourteen and twelve going into the conference tournament. They were ten and ten in conference play. Okay. Beat UCLA, Oregon, and Colorado, which is unbelievable to get to the tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, just disappointing. One and nine overall is just uh, not good enough. I would say. Yeah. Fair to say. Uh, all right, SEC. Uh, the SEC, uh, I'm going to go with surprising. I'm going to go with Auburn. Um, Auburn was uh, not great last year, right? I mean. Uh, they were close. I don't think – I think they had the tournament gosh. ban self-imposed or whatever. Uh, it looks – if this is correct, it looks like they were 7-11. and 11 Yeah, they were. 13-14 and 14. And 14 overall. So, uh, I mean, they had – So, you know, now, now that – uh, Bruce Pearl can pay his players legally. Um, you know, they get guys yeah. like Jabari Smith and, and, uh, you know, guys like that. Jabari Smith is right. Reminds me a lot of Cade Cunningham last year. Uh, he has a, a same skill set, I believe. Um, Much maybe bigger. not as good of a player, but, uh, maybe better. I don't know. Anyways. Um, and then, 
And then my disappointment is going to be the team that, you know, won the regular season last year, Alabama. Um, you know, last year they were 16 and two in the conference this year. Uh, they're sitting at four and six. We talked about it a lot earlier. Um, eighth place. I don't know what Nate Oates is doing, but uh, he better get his team going or they might not even make the tournament, like I said. Yeah, I feel like that uh, is a very real possibility, them missing, but I also think that they're going to figure it out because the talent on the roster would suggest otherwise. Right. Uh, Auburn is the clear-cut, most surprising team just because 22-1, and 10-0 in the conference. Uh, Jabari Smith's the star. Katie Johnson's a perfect complement to their lineup. Wendell Green's a very dynamic guard, and Walker Kessler is a very good defender in the paint. Uh, other than the Mizzou and Georgia games and the uh, loss to Connecticut, which they was a double overtime game, they've been fairly dominant. I mean, dominated a lot of teams. Some teams have kept it close with them. But uh, Auburn got most surprising in Missouri, yes. <laughs> uh, Alabama is the most disappointing for sure. Uh, they beat Gonzaga, but they've been very bad in a lot of games. Good lineup, good amount of talent, horrendous losses. Georgia, Missouri, Memphis. Iona, they lost to. Iona's good, very quality Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference team, but Alabama <laughs> should win that game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's something to think about um, with Auburn and Alabama being the um, most disappointing teams. So, yeah, uh, Auburn being the most surprising. I don't know. I'm losing track of all the things I've got written down here. Mid major team. only got like 45 minutes more of the show. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Mid major teams. Did you pick any mid major teams? Yeah, I picked, uh, you told me to pick two. Yeah. Um, So, my surprising mid majors, uh, haven't watched them play, but everybody's talking about them. Wyoming, uh, currently second in the Mountain West. And then my other one is Longwood. Did you know there was a college name, Longwood? Absolutely. Out of the big south. Currently first. Um, I'd like to congratulate them on being 10, a part of the Games of the Week segment later. They will 10 be and 0, 10, or 9 and 0 in the conference, 17 and 5 overall. They're on a 10 game winning streak. Uh, you know, better than Winthrop, is, which is the only team I really know out of this conference. So uh, good for Longwood. Uh, Quality club. <laughs> disappointing. Um, I went with. Uh, four or three teams. You said pick two. I went with three because I picked all three of these teams to win their conference. And currently, St. Bonaventure is seventh in the Atlantic 10. Memphis is fifth in the A and the Athletic. What are they in? AAC, American, American Athletic Conference. And uh, Penny Hardway's a sinking ship right now. And then uh, San Diego State is currently fifth in the Mountain West. So, uh, yeah, no, don't ever listen though. to me for conference championship picks. Yeah, you fell into quite the trap of Memphis there. Uh, <laughs> surprising. I'm going number one, Murray State, 22-2, and 12-0 and in the OVC. They were picked third in the preseason poll. Uh, they're first, and they're clear-cut best team in the Ohio Valley. Very solid on both ends of the floor. They're, they're a rare mid-major team that's top 50 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, Tevin Brown who was there in uh, when John Morant was there, has double-digit points in all 24 games. Their two losses were East Tennessee State, which is a head-scratcher, and Auburn was their other loss. They hung around with Auburn, lost by 13, but did hang around with them. And then my other surprising team, mid-major-wise, is Vermont, 18-4, and 10-0 in the America East. They were picked second in the polls. They were supposed to be good, but they've been fantastic. 
And when you're undefeated in your conference and you're not picked to win your conference, that's somewhat surprising. Uh, 36th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 11 straight double-digit wins, five seniors that start, and they're number four in the country. People probably don't know this, number four in two-point percentage in the country. Wow. That's how you win in March. You make the easy shots. That's right. And you have five seniors. I guarantee Don't right now. the bunnies. First guarantee of the season. I'm going to write this down. Okay. Vermont wins a tournament game. Okay. Now, this will blow up in my face if they don't win the uh, conference tournament. but <laughs> And I believe if I'm uh, – A play-in game. Are they going to win the play-in game? I, well, I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, last year's America East tournament was ridiculous. I, I think – who came out of that last year? I'm trying to remember who came out of the uh, that conference last year, but it was it was quite something. Um, was it no? I. It was uh, Hartford. Yeah, Hartford came out of it. Hartford was a team that was uh, fourth in the conference. They ended up coming out and then losing to Baylor in the tournament. Hey, they only lost to Baylor by uh, 24. That's not bad considering the circumstances. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, disappointing teams are going to go Buffalo. They were picked to win the MAC in the preseason poll, eleven and eight, five and four in the conference. Their only player that has really been anywhere near good at all is a dude named Jonathan Williams. Unbelievably weird name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Numbers are horrendous, and uh, yeah, they're not as good as they're supposed to be. And uh, if you didn't pick Ohio to win the MAC, then you're high. I mean, come on, Ohio's sure. a quality ball club, even though they might not win the MAC. I guess that is a very real possibility. Uh, disappointing Memphis, obviously what a disaster. What a joke. Like Penny Hardaway is a joke. He can't coach. It's ridiculous that there's this notion that he can, he's a glorified (laughs) AAU coach who has a lot of talent and does nothing but waste it every single season. It's embarrassing that this guy is still coaching them. It's embarrassing. Like you have Jalen Duran, you bring in Amani Bates. You already have some good players there. You've gotten transfers over the years that have been good. Like, it's embarrassing that he can't do anything with this talent. Did Imani Bates end up leaving, or what happened he with that? Been, he hasn't been playing. It doesn't look like he's going to play. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous that they don't do anything. Like, they they lost to Georgia. They lost to Ole Miss. They lost to Tulane. They lost oh. to UCF. They lost to East Carolina. Like, what are you doing? Houston is going to take them apart on Saturday. Like that game's gonna be a joke, and usually they play pretty close when they play each other. But my God, that's gonna be disastrous to watch for them. Uh, all right, let's talk brackets. Uh, do you think if the season ended at this very moment, mm-hmm. who would be the four number one seeds? You think? This is oh boy, yeah. You didn't, didn't uh, Gonzaga. Well, you know, you throw some some stuff your way. I feel like there's three that are pretty locked in. Yeah, Gonzaga. Yep. Auburn. Yep. Arizona. Yep. And then the fourth one's kind of up for debate. Yeah, the fourth one. It, it depends on how things shake out. Um, I, I honestly, I'd like to see Houston get it one. So, but yeah, I don't see I mean, it happening. But I'd the like thing, to see. It. The thing with Houston is probably, um, you know, they have two quad one wins. That's pretty low right. for a team that could be a one seed. And uh, by the way, those quad one wins are not wins where you look at it like those are great wins. It's Oregon in November when Oregon was horrendous. And it's Cincinnati. Oh, that doesn't count? 
Well, it I didn't say it didn't count. There's definitely <laughs> less merit with that. That's an Oregon team that scored less than 50 points and got obliterated by BYU. So Oregon's a different team now. It counts, but two quarter wins is very low for one. I would give it to Kentucky right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if Purdue, you know, wins out and wins the Big Ten tournament, they'll probably get one. Um, yeah, I think the quad two loss might hold them back a little bit for some people. It kind of does for me. Uh, that loss to Rutgers. Yeah. Um, but Kentucky has four quad one losses, no other losses in any of the other quads. Uh, beat Kansas. I think you can make a pretty – I know it doesn't matter, but you can make a pretty strong argument that they would have beaten Auburn if Ty Ty Washington did not get hurt in that game. doesn't matter, but it's yeah. worthy of saying they were up, uh, I believe, <laughs> nine when he got hurt. Um. So, yeah, I mean, they destroyed North Carolina for whatever that's worth. I don't really think it's worth anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that would kind of be something I look at. In terms of the bubble right now, I feel like if you look at most of these so-called bracketologists, and I'm going to pull up Lunardi here because uh, you know he's supposed to be the gold standard, even though I think he's a bronze standard at best. Um, <laughs> he has Auburn as the number one seed right now, which is fine. I mean, they have one loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the bubble right now, last four buys, which would mean, of course, the last four teams in before you get to the plans. Loyola, Chicago, San Francisco, Seton Hall, BYU, which I'm surprised that he has BYU over somebody like Wyoming. And I know BYU probably has better wins because early in the season they beat Oregon. Wow, big deal. You beat Oregon when Oregon was atrocious. Uh, but then the last four in, Wyoming, Creighton, San Diego State, and Oregon. I don't understand Lenardi and what he's doing here. I mean, whatever. I mean, this would make for some pretty good. I mean, Wyoming Creighton would be an embarrassing game for Creighton. They would get obliterated in that game. I guarantee it. Wyoming would go up and down the floor in that game. Like it's really like it's nobody's business at all. Like it would be a joke, Creighton mm-hmm. in that game. Oregon San Diego State would be very intriguing. Or San Diego State is a team that could beat Oregon in that game. Uh, I feel like San Diego State's defense could really hurt Oregon. But the thing with Oregon is that they have guards you can trust. Will Richardson's been there for a long time. Jacob Young played in the tournament with Rutgers last year. He's a very dynamic defender, a uh, very tough player, the type of player you want in March. Very KD Johnson-like, very Demonte Williams-like, you know, maybe not a glue guy per se, but mm-hmm. just an all-around good player. Uh, first four out, Florida, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, West Virginia. Uh, next four out, SMU, UAB, Florida State, Chattanooga. So a little bit more mid-major hype in, in the bubble for, for Lenardi than normal, I would think. You know, UAB getting a mention, uh, Chattanooga, San Francisco, Wyoming, San Diego State, all of those teams getting getting some pop, you know. What do you think? I mean, if you're looking for electric matchups, this is not really the tournament for that, for his for what he put here. I mean – yeah. No, nobody wants to watch Iowa State and North Carolina in the first round. Like North Carolina as a 10 seed, like what are you doing? Other than their name, what have they done to deserve to be in the tournament? Like he yeah. didn't have them on the bubble. Like that's embarrassing. I mean, that, that was kind of Michigan State last year, right? I mean Yeah, I mean you get in you get in you get a little extra because of who you are. Michigan State at least beat Illinois last year. You know, I feel like North Carolina's beaten no Well, I mean, they just had to break an All-American's nose to do it, but yeah. 
Illinois was playing quite horribly in that game. Uh, <laughs> so looking at some of his uh, – Lenar, we'll probably go with a different bracketologist each week, maybe go to Jerry Palm, CBS next week, but we're almost at an hour and rolling into the bracketology thing, so I'm going to kind of speed this up. <laughs> um, even though our first episode of all time, I believe, is almost two hours, so we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be fine. I mean, I, I, I knew we'd be an hour and a half at least, so – it's very important topics to discuss. Uh, the Midwest region, he has Auburn as the one seed there. Uh, he has UCLA as the two seed. Kansas as the three seed. Illinois as the four seed. You have Illinois playing Drake, which you, I think a lot of Illini fans, as we are, would look at that and say, oh, God, bad matchup, Missouri Valley. But I don't really <laughs> – I don't think so. I mean, Drake's okay, but they're really not that. Like, Drake last year would scare me much more than this year. Um Yes, if has gone, they have a lot of the same players, but I just don't think that they're good enough to to go far in the tournament from where that is. Um, elsewhere, if you're looking for good matchups on the 8-9 line, you're really not going to get them with this one. I, I guess Arkansas-Murray State would be interesting, probably because Murray State would be a very popular upset pick there. You don't like Boise State-Miami? It doesn't do it for me, no. Mm. If it was like Wyoming-Miami, I'd be all in, but it's not. So Okay. Uh, Ohio State versus the winner of San Diego State, Oregon would be tremendous because it's Ohio State kind of getting screwed again. I know they yeah. really got screwed last year. I mean, Oral Roberts was a horrendous matchup for them as a 15 seed, but Oregon would, I would be very confident in Oregon beating Ohio State in round one because Oregon always does this. They were a 12 seed, what, two, three years ago? They beat Wisconsin in the first round. Yeah. So, yeah, that would not be good for them. Um, Elsewhere, I mean, I don't really see much else that's that interesting. I guess Texas Seton Hall is an interesting matchup. USC Loyola Chicago probably as well. Kentucky Longwood, that's a, that's a matchup. The heck of a game right there. I mean, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, I mean, Indiana San Francisco would probably be another popular pick. People to take San Francisco to win that game. Uh, Wisconsin Vermont bad matchup for Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no one seeds that you're worried about at all here, obviously. So. It, is there any two or two versus 15s here that you worry about? Probably not. I mean, Seattle's not beating Arizona. Cal State Fullerton wouldn't beat UCLA. But you never know, I guess. Whatever. I guess that's the quote-unquote beauty of the tournament, you know? That's right. What does he have Wisconsin as here? I'm trying to find it. Uh, I don't know. He has four. Michigan State as a three. Yeah, Wisconsin weird. as a four. Illinois as a four. Ohio State as a five. Interesting. Very. All right, Lenardi. That's enough. La- that Cincinnati loss is going to kill Illinois. Kill him. Uh, that's enough of Lenardi. It's enough with him. Um, Get off my screen, Joe. Yeah, that's enough with him. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do the next thing, whatever that is. Uh, What's top, the next thing? Top real contenders and mid-major upset threats. Now, forgot to write anything for this section. I could do it off the top of the dome, though. Sure you can. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to let you go first, and right. what, what do you have? Well, I did my big four uh, contenders, which is Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky, Purdue. I did my four others, which is Arizona, Duke, Kansas, and I, I'm a homer. I put Illinois. And then uh, for mid-majors, I put Gonzaga again because, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but they're a mid-major team. Um, <laughs> now, I got uh, Loyola, Chicago, uh, 
you know, you know what they did against Illinois last year. Yeah, they might not have Crutwig, but they still got some guys back. They're still good. Um, some teams you mentioned earlier, Vermont, uh, Davidson, uh, Murray State, uh, some teams that I would say you don't want to play. So, Yeah, I feel like I, got. Um, I think mid-major-wise, a matchup with Iona would be disastrous in the first mm-hmm. round if they get in. I mean, I had like 10 listed, but if you want to steal a few of them, you can. I, I should do that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think – Murray State's team that I really like. That's going to be yeah. a hard matchup for anybody that gets that. But I think with the way that Murray State's playing right now, they're not going to be a double-digit seed. Um, so that'll be a bad matchup. But I, I think there's a very limited amount of teams that can actually win a title this year. Gonzaga is one of them, clearly. Kentucky, I think, is one of them. I still think Baylor has the guys to get it done. They just had a bit of a, a speed bump here. I think Auburn can do it. Uh, but I think with all the hype with Auburn, I don't think that they're going to get as far as people think. They're going to yeah, have some sort of mess I up. I see them getting knocked off. I agree. Like they did against Georgia almost, I guess. But it maybe be a better team than Georgia, you would think, if they're in the tournament. Uh, I mean, can can Duke win this year? I don't see why not. Their guards are playing much better than they did last season. A.J. Griffin's been a huge addition there. Um, we all know about Bonchero and what he can do. Mark Williams being a presence down there is going to be huge. Uh, elsewhere, in terms of the mid-majors, I think San Francisco is a team you don't want to play early. Um, St. Mary's, the same thing. If you want to talk about the West Coast Conference. Uh, it, the, the Conference USA, UAB, or North Texas, those two teams right there, whichever one of them gets in. Now, the more balanced team between the two is UAB, but if North Texas gets in, what did they do last year? They beat Purdue in the first round. So Mm -hmm. that's a factor here, no doubt. Uh, But other than that, I feel like uh, we're not going to really know a whole lot about, you know, changes and who's going to do what or what people think. Like Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky, Purdue's your big four. I would argue that Arizona should be in there over Purdue and that Duke could be in there over Auburn or Kentucky. Kentucky still worries me a little bit because usually with great Kentucky teams, they have that super dynamic – Big time NBA draft mm-hmm. level player. Yeah, and I don't really know if I see that this year. Um, I mean, if you look at a mock draft, when's the first Kentucky player taken? It, the only one listed here is Shaden Sharp, who's not actually playing for them. <laughs> he reclassed and is sitting for the rest of the season. I guess Ty Ty Washington has a chance to be a lottery pick. Yeah, but uh, you know, Kentucky's good. We'll see. Uh, it might be peaking too early. I don't know. I'm so disappointed. So. Um... I mean, Ty Ty Washington was supposed to go to Creighton, and then their coach, you know, did whatever he did, and so he left. Do you, I mean, I and maybe did I did Ty Ty have an offer from Kentucky before that, or did he not get an offer until after that all? After I the decommit, I don't know that because that could have. I mean, maybe that was the reason why he decommitted. Also, is because Kentucky wanted him finally. Uh, you know, I assume it was yeah, Illinois wanted him because of Chin Coleman and uh, Antigua. So I'm guessing maybe when they went to Kentucky, they're like, hey, Calipari, you need to go after this guy. So anyways, uh, just – yeah, I I mean, you talk about how, you know, Kentucky isn't as good without him. Um, So they could have not had him, and they would have been in trouble all year. He committed to Creighton November 15th, 2020, decommitted March 11th, 2020. 
After decommitting, he got offers from UCLA, Arizona, Pitt, Oregon, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and then Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Kentucky offered him about five months after he decommitted, and then yeah. he signed uh, a month after getting offered by them. So there you go. He's going to be a guy that can get him there. I mean, they're not nowhere near as good as they usually – or they're nowhere near as good as they can be unless he's playing. Yeah. And the Auburn game was proof of that. All right. Final segment. Well, one of the final segments here because the other one's pretty short. Games of the week, and I hope that you have them in front of you at some point. Like the games of the week overall, not the games of the week picks, but all of the games this week because I might have missed some because I put about a billion games on here. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. What was that on CBS somewhere? Yeah, you where did that go? Whereabouts? Uh, all right, tonight schedule. There it is. Tonight. Not too much going on tonight or tomorrow, but here are my games of the week. Okay. What are your thoughts? And if you're going to watch some of these games, maybe, you know, peep in on a few. Today uh, the seventh? That would be accurate, yes. Okay. So you start, you got two games at 6 o'clock tonight. Also, right mm-hmm. now, you have uh, Hofstra and UNC Wilmington. Quality Colonial Athletic Association battle right there. Uh, it's 3635 UNCW. All right. 6 o'clock, Chattanooga, Mercer. ESPN Plus, so you're going to see a lot of ESPN Plus here, which really makes it worth it down the stretch here in the season because conference tournaments is ESPN Plus if you're watching mid-major games, no doubt. And we'll probably try to do a night or two during the conference championship week where we're watching games live with with the folks, maybe have some guests join us who aren't homers to certain schools. Um, (laughs) George Mason at Richmond, 6 o'clock ESPN Plus. George Mason's been a pretty, you know, kind of a, a spoiler type team in the uh, in the Atlantic 10 this season. That'll be a solid game. Uh, you can go to the game for ten dollars. So if you're if you're in the area, everybody. yep, go to the Richmond game. in the Richmond area. Yes, <laughs> uh, eight o'clock or seven o'clock. UTEP at North Texas. Now, if you watch UTEP play, this is a team that I don't think that they're going to be that big of a threat to a North Texas, but they're seven and three in the conference. They play very solid defensively. They uh, hung around with teams like New Mexico state, who is better than them. Clearly twice they lost to them, but they hung around with them both times. They've won six in a row and uh, we'll see. I mean, UTEP at North Texas, that's ESPN plus seven o'clock, eight o'clock, Kansas at Texas ESPN. That's obviously the big one. Everyone's going to be paying attention to that game. Uh, also at 8 o'clock, Southern Utah at Montana. So you want to see some Tevion Jones action. Yeah. Uh, Southern Utah is playing. And I think Southern Utah is a team that could maybe do some damage in the uh, in the Big West Conference. You know, 15-6 uh, and six overall. Lost to Michigan. Got destroyed by Michigan, by the way. But they've won four straight. And uh, Montana is an interesting team. I mean, Montana – is 15-8 overall, 8-4 and four in the conference. So a couple of good quality conference teams mm-hmm. playing each other in the Big West. Uh, and then we have 8 p.m., Arizona at Arizona State. Uh, I Can Bobby Hurley went two in a row? It's a quick turnaround. Both teams <laughs> had yesterday off. Yeah. Now they're back at it. Uh, this certainly feels like a game that Arizona wins by a lot. Arizona State played them close like recently, right? Yeah, it ended up being an 11-point game. But okay. but they was, were in it. Yeah, I mean, you look at the halftime so score, it was 32-32. Yeah. And then with 10 minutes left to go in the game, 
the score and, was. And you got to think that that UCLA game gave him some confidence. So, yeah, I think confidence with them is, is shooting too much and too much and still missing. I think that's kind of the confidence. <laughs> True. Uh, they're pretty bad when it comes to offensive quality, no doubt. Uh, all right. I think that's it for Monday. We go to Tuesday now. Yeah, because the Rochester uh, Detroit game got canceled. So, dang it! <laughs> uh, Six o'clock Tuesday. Well, actually, first five thirty Central. These are all Central time, by the way. Our time zone. Shout out. Uh, Central time. Five thirty. Marquette at UConn. We'll see. UConn's been a little bit disappointing recently, but they're a team that should beat a Marquette. We'll see. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Six o'clock, we have Wisconsin at Michigan State. Michigan State won the first matchup in Madison. We'll see how that goes. And then Auburn at Arkansas. Also, we will see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Illinois at Purdue at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Big matchup there. Purdue won the first game in double overtime. Utah State at Wyoming. I believe it's on the Mountain West Network. It might not be, though. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody can actually get them out of West Network. I think it's actually impossible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. there you go with that. Uh, then 10 o'clock, something worth staying up for. Santa Clara plays host. Great terminology there. The St. Mary's on ESPNU. I don't know why this is on ESPNU. It feels like an ESPN2 game, but whatever. So we'll see St. Mary's and Santa Clara, I think, are both. That's because UCLA Stanford's on ESPN2. Oh yeah, God, God forbid we gotta watch Stanford on on national TV again. <laughs> great, that'll be great. Uh, that's Tuesday. Let's go to Wednesday. Okay, let's Houston go at SMU, six o'clock. SMU quality club, they can hang with them. Ohio State at Rutgers. We've seen Rutgers beat Purdue and Michigan State on their home floor this year. Could Ohio State be next? At six o'clock, Big Ten Network on Wednesday. Xavier at Seton Hall, six o'clock. FS1. Xavier just lost to effing DePaul at home. Yeah. So, yikes. That's a uh, game that they need to come back from. Also, 6 o'clock, ESPN Plus, Binghamton at Vermont. I talked about Vermont. Very dynamic team. America East conference team. Got to keep it rolling. They seemingly cannot lose. They may never lose again. Uh, but Binghamton, 7-4. and four. Their numbers would tell you they're not that good. I mean, they're 303rd in offensive efficiency. That doesn't really scream good to me for a team that's 7-4 and four in their conference. But to be fair, there are three and six non-conference. I think that probably tanks some of their numbers overall. Uh, that's an ESPN Plus game. Then you go to 7 o'clock on Wednesday, Tennessee. Nope, read that wrong. Missouri State at Drake. We'll see. Drake likely tournament team. Uh, 8 o'clock on Wednesday, Texas Tech at Oklahoma, ESPNU. Loyola Chicago at Bradley, CBS Sports Network, and Tennessee at Mississippi State, 8 p.m. ESPN2. All right, moving along. Thursday, 4 o'clock Central Standard Time. Mount St. Mary's at Wagner. That is the game to watch. Mount St. Mary's at Wagner. The neck, the Northeast Conference. 6 p.m. also, Hofstra, a quality Colonial Athletic team, taking on Drexel, Drexel, a team that made the tournament out of that conference last season after a, an improbable conference tournament victory. But Hofstra is 6-4 and four in the conference. Drexel is 5-5. Five and five. Drexel... Pretty good offense for a team that's 10 and 10 overall in, in the Colonial Athletic Conference. Uh, let's see. Also, six o'clock, Mercer at VMI. SoCon action. I like watching SoCon hoops. And VMI Mercer will be a good game. You know why? You know why it's going to be a good game? There's many reasons as to why this could be a good game. But the biggest reason is VMI's offense electrifying. 
and it's against a pretty bad Mercer defense. So something to think about. Um, VMI is first in the country in three-point attempts over field goal attempts or whatever that stat is. So there you go. I think it's something to do with how many threes they take in comparison to field goals. Like they take a lot of threes compared to field goal attempts, whatever. But uh, that'll be good to watch VMI. Uh, shout out Longwood. South Carolina, Longwood. South Carolina Upstate at Longwood, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. You know when Longwood's getting on ESPNU, legit team. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to see that live in action. Uh, for that game, 7 p.m. a solid OVC game. Moorhead State at Belmont, two of the best teams. I believe they played each other in the conference championship last year. Moorhead State winning that. Uh, then we also have 8 p.m. Purdue at Michigan. Michigan played them pretty close in the last matchup. Michigan needs to win one of these games to to kind of get going. Yeah, keep going into the tournament. I guess they're a team that could surprise people at the um, at the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Arkansas State at Troy, 6 o'clock ESPN Plus, Sunbelt. Some whack basketball. If you watched the Cal Baptist Grand Canyon game the other night, whoo! I believe there was a total of 14 points, like the first 12 minutes. Very electrifying game. But Grand Canyon, you know, coached by Bryce Drew, pretty good team. Made the tournament last year, or Mm -hmm. got close. Actually, I don't even remember. Whatever. Uh, Nailed it. Totally mm-hmm. professional analysis. San Diego at St. Mary's. You called San Diego fraudulent a few weeks ago. Tend to agree St. Mary's will win this game, but uh, something to watch at 8 o'clock. Uh, Arizona at Washington State. Washington State, a team that uh, a bit disappointing for me. I thought they'd be a guaranteed tournament team with all the returning players and the roster that they have, but still, they'll be a tough matchup for Arizona on the road. 8 p.m. FS1. Also in the Pac-12, somehow this is the ESPN game. Stanford at Oregon. Stanford can upset teams, but also who the hell wants to watch that? I mean, come on. Mine says ESPN2, bro. Yeah, it is ESPN2. Oh. Same thing. The okay. ESPN game is Purdue, Michigan, of course. Uh, of course. And then if you really want to stay up late and you're a real wooden watch. Hey, remember when we were talking about that wooden watch thing? Yeah. They did a wooden watch on uh, Juzang playing at Arizona State. So because Arizona State's horrendous. Your theory is wrong. Just so it's you not know. completely wrong because Arizona State doesn't have a player on the list. I'm just saying you said that they do would do it for home games. Well, I thought that it was part of the reason why they like <laughs> for home games when both teams uh-huh. have a player on the list. Uh-huh. So you just tried to you tried to gotch me, you know, you failed. <laughs> uh, you really want to stay up late on a Thursday night, 10:59 p.m. Let's go to Hawaii. Long Beach State at Hawaii. 10:59 on ESPN Plus. That I might I might stay up for that game. I don't know. Um, I think that that's a uh, that's not even on my list. Wow. Well, it's a game. It's it's a deep cut. I think. Okay. Um, and I why six oh. and two in conference. That's because Long Beach State seven and one. So a couple of teams are battling with Cal State Fullerton <clears throat> to get into the tournament. We'll see. Uh, should be an interesting game. Both teams are fairly balanced, so it won't be a blowout, I don't think. Uh, Friday, there's not too much going on, but there's some games to, worth discussing. Uh, 6 o'clock, UConn at Xavier. Uh, 8 o'clock, St. Bonaventure at St. Louis, which I think would be a way bigger game if St. Bonaventure wasn't completely disappointing. Iona at Siena. Iona coming off a loss to Monmouth, so got to bounce back there if you're uh, old Dick Patino. Um, <laughs> you know, nailed that. Who calls him that? I that's the first I just made it up. <laughs> uh, Fresno State at Colorado State, CBS Sports Network, eight thirty. 
Uh, like I said, Mountain West basketball, totally worth watching, just like UNLV, who's not even that good, at Boise State, 10 p.m. on FS1. So there's your Mountain West. And, Jesus, the list for Saturday is absurdly long. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to take me a minute here. All right. Texas A&M at Auburn. Here's the 11 a.m. games. Texas A&M at Auburn on ESPN. Uh, Texas at Baylor, ESPN2. And Arkansas at Alabama, which is a huge game in terms of teams staying afloat. Must bus versus Nate Oates. Uh, SEC Network, 11 a.m. Noon games, you have Oklahoma at Kansas on CBS. Weird choice for that, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Kansas is going to dominate that game, just like well, they dominated West they, Virginia on CBS a couple weeks ago. They probably thought Oklahoma would be a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seton Hall, Villanova, noon on Fox. 1 p.m. Saturday, Rutgers at Wisconsin. Chattanooga at Furman on ESPN+. Plus. Florida State, North Carolina on ESPN, because I think this is a big game for both teams. North Carolina needs to prove they can beat well, Florida State's really not that good, but they just need to win. Yeah. Would would be ideal for them. Uh 2 p.m. ACC Network X, whatever that is. Probably the <laughs> ACC Network Plus. Extreme. Miami at Wake Forest. Two surprising teams we picked earlier in the uh, in the show. Mm-hmm. Going head to head, really toe to toe, I think most would say. Yeah. Uh let's see, uh losing it on my list. Uh 230, Memphis at Houston, ABC. You get to watch Kelvin Sampson just absolutely obliterate Penny Hardaway. And Penny might quit after this game. Uh, Indiana at Michigan State, 2.30 on Fox. 3 o'clock, Florida at Kentucky ESPN. TCU at Texas Tech ESPN+. Plus. Kansas State at Iowa State ESPNU. Murray State at Moorhead State, which is going to be a great game to watch. Huge test for Murray State on the road in the OVC. 3 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. 5 o'clock, Ohio State at Michigan. Another game Michigan's got to win. Very pressure. Packed matchup for Michigan. Got to win this game. Uh, San Francisco at Santa Clara, 5 p.m. I think outside of Gonzaga, these are the two best teams in the conference right now. Maybe St. Mary's and over Santa Clara. It's pretty close between the two. I prefer Santa Clara at full strength. A lot of the games they lost early in the season were without their best player, whose name I can't get off the top of my head because I'm not that much of a, you know, dweeb when it comes to the hoopage, but whatever. <laughs> I digress. Uh, that's on Marquee Network, so whatever. Uh, I just thought that yeah. they re-ran. He has some has some good basketball games. Once I thought they just re-ran all the games that the Cubs won, like the thirty games they won last year or whatever um, <laughs> on there, but they don't. Uh, Five thirty p.m. DePaul at Providence. Five thirty p.m. FS1. We'll see. Will the luck run out for Providence? We'll discuss. Uh, Notre Dame at Clemson, six o'clock ACC Network. Seven o'clock Mississippi State at LSU, ESPN two. Drake at Bradley on ESPN three, which I think is just kind of the ESPN app. Um, and then you have late night, 9 p.m., St. Mary's at Gonzaga, ESPN2, UCLA, USC, ESPN. I'm assuming you'll get a little Bill Walton action, UCLA, USC. And how high will he be on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd say he's about an 8.7 during the Arizona State-UCLA game. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to go late night again, this time they're having it on TV. It's ESPN Plus, the Thursday Hawaii game. But this Hawaii game, Saturday night, 10.59 p.m., I'll be there 100%, not at the game, but – Present watching in a room uh, on on a on a TV. Uh, ESPN two. What channel is St. Mary's Gonzaga on? I'm being told ESPN two. Okay, but there's actually one. Well, when I went to it, it said college basketball to be announced. It's these two games, so I'm assuming they'll go UCLA USC on ESPN, and then St. Mary's at Gonzaga on ESPN two. I feel like Gonzaga is very much an ESPN two team late at night, uh, and then Cal State Fullerton is playing Hawaii at 10:59. 
Cal State Florida top in the conference. That'll be a great game. Hawaii number two. Sunday. All right. No more football. I guess this is Super Bowl Sunday, technically. <laughs> no uh, more football. I can confirm that I would rather watch Colorado State at Boise State than the Super Bowl. Uh, UConn at St. John's, 11 a.m. on Fox. Maryland at Purdue. How Maryland got two CBS games in a row is mind-boggling to me. Uh, Monmouth at Iona at noon. ESPN three game. Uh, Monmouth. Or I, was it Niagara that beat Iona? I might be wrong about that. Damn. Uh, I might be wrong about that one. Uh, but I'm trying to type in a tweet here. All right. Let's see. Uh, Iona at Monmouth is another pick. I'm trying to type. I'm typing our broadcast, <coughs> tweeting it out a bunch of different times to, you know, filter the viewers in. Uh, Northwestern at Illinois, one o'clock on Big Ten Network. Uh, and then 3 o'clock to finish out the day, Colorado State at Boise State on FS1, Northern Iowa at Loyola Chicago ESPN2. Is that a battle for first in the Northern what? Iowa, Loyola Chicago? Is that a battle for first? I don't, I don't think Northern Iowa is any good. Northern Iowa is 9-3 and three in the conference. Okay, mixed them up with somebody else. My bad. <laughs> I had a lot of They're only 13-9 and nine overall, though. So... And their conference wins are over Evansville, Valpo, Missouri State's okay, Indiana State, Southern Illinois, Evansville, Illinois State, Bradley Drake. I mean, they've beaten. Come on, I mean, come on. They beat uh, Drake. Yeah, it's fine. Are That's all really good. Drake. Missouri State's much better than Drake, in my opinion. The metrics would tell you. Missouri State has the sure. best offense in the conference, twenty seventh on Ken Palm. And I don't really, I don't, I loved Loyola Chicago last year, but I don't really buy into them as much this year. And I don't really think it has that much to do without Crutway. I just think that at some point, you know, I don't. I think Valentine's a good coach for them, but I just don't think he's Moser right now. I think that and might make a difference. Seventy-five bucks go to Iona game. Holy smokes! <clears throat> Dick Patino selling tickets. <laughs> well, maybe they only have like seven hundred seats. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, they got about six seats there. All right. <laughs> three upset picks of the week. And let me tell you, when I say that I'm going off the board a couple times, or maybe not going off the board, but bold picks, I would say they're pretty bold that I got. Uh, okay. Okay, we'll go one at a time. Your first one. My first one is going to be Tuesday. Uh, I didn't pick them on the Illinois basketball podcast, but I'm picking them here. Illinois over Purdue. I think that this game – uh, I think whoever wins this game probably wins the Big Ten, Ten regular season. So I'm just hoping that it's Illinois now. No. Uh, all right. Tuesday, my pick. The number one thrill score game per Ken Palm. This game has a thrill score of 76.6, which is three points out of Purdue, Illinois, which is second. Uh, I think it's in terms of, you know, watchability. Uh, how good the two oh. teams are, how their offenses match up, how their defenses match up, how their tempo matches up, the whole deal. Uh, this is the number one game. Arkansas, must bus, home game, Bud Walton Arena, which is what I believe it's called. Electric, Arkansas beats Auburn, 71-65. Arkansas has an experienced lineup, quality defense. They have the must bus. I know it's been a bit of a rocky ride this season. They will win this game. Key matchup in this game. I'm not going to say anything about Jabari Smith here. I'm going to say J.D. Note, who's a veteran guard, versus Wendell Green. Wendell Green can light it up from anywhere. You look at the bottom of our screen right now on this broadcast, anywhere on that logo, he will shoot the ball. 
<laughs> so that is something to think about with them. Arkansas beats Auburn. Auburn's due for a loss. This is the one where it's going to happen. They just about lost to Georgia. They should have lost to Georgia on Saturday. If Tom Crean wasn't a blithering idiot, they may have won that game. And I probably shouldn't blame it on Crean, but it's easy to do so. Second pick. Uh, my second pick was Arkansas over Auburn. Son of a. <laughs> All right. We both went out on a limb there. We both went out for the limbs. Whatever I just said, nailed it. Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say, fair to say that we both went on a total, total big time limb there. All right. Yeah. Once again, number one thrill score game on Thursday, 74.9 thrill score. Number okay. one, okay. Michigan will beat Purdue. They hung around with him in the first game. Dickinson had a big game. If he has another big game and then the other guys in this team don't suck, they have a good chance. 83-76 is what I'm going with there. They, they lost 81-76. Now they're going to win 83-76. Bada bing, bada bing. Uh, Purdue playing four games in nine days. Wow. That something's going to catch up to them. They may lose yeah. tomorrow. They may lose Thursday. I don't think that they win both of these games. That's just what I think. That's I fair. Mean, Dickinson versus Trevion and Edie is still the biggest matchup. I think Dickinson, out of those three, is a better player when push comes to shove. I don't care what anybody says. Dickinson is the only player that's been worth almost uh, – pretty much the only player, for the most part, that's been worth anything for this team this year. He's the best player on the team. It's not even close. Yeah. It's just – I don't know. I think Michigan wins that game. All right. Saturday is my pick. So you go You go next, whatever. Uh, I don't know when this game is, but I am going Rutgers at Wisconsin. Yeah, this game was a part of the games of the week. I believe it is on a day that is a Saturday. One o'clock at this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that Rutgers game is, uh... beats Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not as good as the record says. Rutgers just beat Michigan State. Of course, that was at home, and Rutgers always plays better at whatever they call their stadium now because it's not the rack. Jersey um, Mike's Arena, dude. Jersey Mike's Arena. Get your free sandwiches. I'm embarrassed um, that I knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm going to go Rutgers goes into Wisconsin and proves that Wisconsin's a fraud. Yeah, it's kind of a trap uh, when you when you play that game. Um, here's the thing. That game is a lower thrill score than Hofstra Delaware. So I believe it. Embarrassing. I Probably because Rutgers is 88th on Ken Palm. Jesus. Uh, and you can't really trust anybody on that team to do anything any given night, especially Geo Baker, who's just inconsistent. Uh, I'm gonna go with a game that may not have the 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 cachet or the thrill score that you're looking for. Uh you're I'm the go, one that's been going thrill score the whole yeah, time. I'm going way down, know. way down here. <laughs> 42.0, 36th overall thrill score. Jeez. DePaul will beat Providence. I know it's at Providence at Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Zip code to be named later. Uh, I I think DePaul wins this game. I know that DePaul lost to them by Dude, 17. Just talking about how bad DePaul was. I, I They're a team that can catch you. Like, look at what they did to Xavier. They can catch you. Uh, I'm throwing. I'm just throwing one at the wall, thinking it's going to stick. Providence okay. won the first matchup by 17, but their luck has to run out soon. This is a good Providence roster, a solid team. I think Cooley's done a phenomenal job. I think he should be one of the first guys you mentioned when it comes to coaches here. But they're the number one most lucky team on Ken Palm, plus .222 luck rating. Okay. Hmm. Second most is plus 1.94, plus 0.91. 
plus 0.194. Nailed it. Okay. That's New Mexico State who's second. Luck rating is effectively comparing a team's actual output to their expected output where positive numbers indicate greater luck. In that way, it's similar to the Pythagorean win-loss record that is fairly prevalent in certain baseball circles. How about that? So to say that that Providence is good is fair, but to say that they have not been lucky is embarrassing because they have been lucky. So... DePaul wins. They can push the pace. If Javon Freeman Liberty plays, they win this game. If he doesn't play, they probably lose. Him versus Al Durham, biggest matchup. Final thing, award races. National Player of the Year. Without being biased, who's the National Player of the Year? Go. Um, I don't know. Max I'll go. Abe Asmus. Uh, I think it's Shibway still. Um, just a force. I think he's kind of changed what Kentucky can be and what they can do. Uh, yeah. His numbers are off the charts. I think second would be Kofi. I think after that, it's kind of – I mean, people are going to have Johnny Davis up there. Uh, Kansas will be up there as well. Drew Timmy still, you know, seat at the table guy. Uh, other notables that can be mentioned, Keegan Murray from Iowa, which there's no chance because Iowa stinks. Uh, Bonchero will be mentioned. I think Wendell Moore has been mentioned many times for Duke. Jabari Smith, EJ Liddell. So I really don't care about national player of the year because I don't think that there's a player that completely sticks out from everybody else. So I think it can be a lot, you know, a lot uh, different from what you may expect. Yeah. Player last year. That's why it doesn't matter. Like, I don't even remember who it was last year. And I followed the entire season. Like, is it a name that we forgot? I don't even know. Who won last year? Yeah. Garza. Yeah, exactly. I don't even remember that. I mean, come on. <laughs> It's just a stupid award. Most college basketball awards. You won it over Iowa. What do you mean? You know what matters in college basketball with awards? All Americans. That's it. Nothing else matters. And conference awards. That's true. <clears throat> national player of the year. Who cares? Because nine times out of ten, national player of the year is not going to be a good player in the NBA. Case <sighs> in point, Luca Garza, who's a bum. Uh, coach of the year. I will give you these five names, and you tell me which one out of these five is the most deserving and the least deserving. Okay. okay. Here we Sounds go. Sounds good. Tommy Lloyd, Arizona, Ed Cooley, Providence, Steve Forbes, not Steve Jobs, as I about said in my head, Wake Forest, came over from East Tennessee State, uh, Bruce Pearl, Auburn, absolute mm-hmm. bum, I hate him. Yep. Uh, so I put the two coaches I hate the most at the bottom, Bruce Pearl and Greg Gard. <laughs> most deserving, least deserving. Uh, most deserving, I Tommy Lloyd, no doubt. Uh, I, 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 I guess I mean their talent was there, right? So I don't know. Yeah, but I mean I, it, it was. But, but first year coach, uh, you know, at a school so that good. was, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say least deserving, Greg Guard, because I again think Wisconsin's gonna hit rock bottom and just. Yeah, you're so. kind of projecting there. I well, I mean, I can't pick who the coach of the year is without seeing the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the way that I listed them was probably the way that I would rank it least to most. Yeah. Or most to least. See? Lloyd, so Cooley, Forbes, Pearl, Guard. Yeah, I mean, uh, Steve Forbes, I think, was always just a terrific hire for Wake Forest. I mean, and nobody buys players better than Bruce Pearl. So uh, Will, Wade, Will Wade would really give him a run. That's there. true. That's true. I do not like Will uh, Wade at all. At least Bruce is winning with his. I mean, LSU is still 16 and 7. They're LSU's. actually number 16 on Ken Palm. It's defense There's though that has the slippery slippery slope they got going there. Yeah, I mean no doubt. Uh, Adam Miller would have won national player of the year if he was playing. Um, all right, Probably. that's we know things are getting out of control. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but I think bas- college basketball is a little bit more fun when Wake Forest is good because the last time Wake Forest was really good is when Illinois was really good. So I think that's something True. to think about. But uh, next Paul, week, right? CP3. Yep, uh, Chris Paul, the second best point guard in Suns history already in year two. So congrats to him on that uh, recognition as they, uh, Clearly. you know, best record in the league, 14 10, not a big deal. All right, next week will not be an hour and a half. It'll be probably an hour, but we had to get a lot of things out of the way, kind of set some presence for what we think, what we don't think. And uh, we'll be back next Monday. Uh, watch the, all the college hoops you can and yeah. make sure that you hope Arkansas beats Auburn because that would be hilarious. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Actually, Later. you know what? I'm going to play the video just to end this oh. and, then I'll, and then I'll end it. So video goodbye. In. It's a lot of